You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. He doesn't reject us. In fact, here's what Jesus said. Read it with me. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Jesus is like an EMT. When we call, he rushes to help and heal our injury. And like an EMT, Jesus doesn't care if we are the criminal or the victim. He just wants to save a life. What do you do when you're sick? Well, you may try your own remedies for a while, but when you get really bad, you most likely see a doctor for help. In today's teaching, Pastor Dan reminds us that Jesus is the doctor for our souls. He didn't come for the healthy, but for the sick. To Jesus, it doesn't matter how bad or good you are. You need his healing work in your life. Pastor Dion teaches that like Nicodemus, the prominent leader, and the thief on the cross, Jesus wants to rescue everyone. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke, chapter 24, with today's edition of The Simple Truth. We have been following the footsteps of Jesus through the gospel of Luke. And we've learned a lot. I've learned quite a bit. We've learned quite a bit, like the fact that Luke was not a disciple of Jesus. Luke was a medical doctor tasked with the job of proving that Jesus was real. As we say here in northern New Mexico, for reals. Everybody said, what? For reals. He was tasked with the job of finding out if Jesus was for reals. The man that hired Luke to investigate the story of Jesus was a wealthy, influential man from Turkey. His name is, everybody say it out loud, Theophilus. I want you to say it out loud. Say it out loud. I want you to learn it because you're going to meet this guy in heaven. And uh, I want you to pronounce it right. Theophilus. Or you could just call him Theo, right? Everybody say it. Theo. All right. The guy's name was Theophilus or Theo. Theo had become a Christian about 10 years after Jesus had passed away, had resurrected from the dead. But Theo began to question and doubt the validity of Jesus. You can imagine, he's from Turkey. The message reached Turkey. He professed faith in Jesus Christ, but as things progressed, he began to question and doubt the validity of Jesus. You see, Jesus... God in human flesh, as they would say, was beginning to sound a lot like a mythological character. Was beginning to sound a lot like Achilles and Hercules and Odysseus. And none of those guys were even confirmed. None of those guys were even proved. Nobody knew anything about those guys. They were just legend. They were only myth. So Theo wanted to know if this new faith was fact or fiction. Say it out loud. was what? Fact or fiction. So Theo commissioned Luke, this medical doctor, to go check it out. And as again we say here in New Mexico, check it. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, check it. Theo sends Luke to go check whether or not Jesus' life, this faith, is fact or fiction. 
So Luke, our author, traveled to Israel. He searched, he researched, he interviewed, and he recorded his findings in this book, the Gospel of Luke. Now this book, the Gospel of Luke, was not intended or written to be a pro-Jesus propaganda. Luke had no bias, he had no agenda. He was just building facts. This book was solely a record of facts. Facts that were derived from this. Everybody say it out loud. From who? From eyewitnesses. Say it again. Eyewitnesses. So Theo, this guy who had come to faith in Christ out in Turkey, wants to know if this faith is fact or fiction, so he commissions Luke to go check it out. And Luke starts documenting, as he comes to Israel, he starts documenting eyewitness accounts. Eyewitness testimonies are the strongest thread in any case. One eyewitness is good. Three eyewitnesses is exceptional. And 500 is undeniable. Luke interviewed hundreds of people. He recorded their recollections of Jesus' teachings, their recollections of Jesus' claims, their recollections of Jesus' miracles, their recollections of Jesus' torture, crucifixion, death, and burial, their recollections of this. Everybody said out loud of his what? Resurrection. Say it again, of his resurrection. And that's where we are today going over the recollections, the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' resurrection. According to Luke's investigation, after Jesus gave up his spirit on the cross, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. And the two of them hurriedly mummified Jesus' body and put him in a garden tomb. But, as women often do, they notice that the men did it wrong. Everybody say, uh-oh. They didn't add, the men didn't add enough spices. We can say, where are the spices? Say it out loud. Where are the spices? Like one woman said, of course women don't work as hard as men. We do it right the first time. I knew you ladies would like that. So on Sunday morning, since the guys didn't do it right, they had to wait for the holy day to pass. So on Sunday morning at sunrise, a few women were returning to finish Jesus' burial. When the women reached the tomb, the stone was rolled away, and Jesus' body was, let's say the word, what is it? Gone! Everybody said, gone! Like yesterday is gone. Like summer break is gone. Like Saturday is gone. Like those of you who are forgiven, your sins are, everybody said, gone. Jesus' body was gone. But two angels were there. They announced that Jesus was risen exactly as he had promised, exactly as he had taught. Exactly as he had said. In fact, here was the record that Luke writes. 
Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which the men forgot, no, which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down he saw the linen clothes lying by themselves, and he departed marveling to himself at what had happened. So these women go Sunday morning after the Holy Day to finish Jesus' burial preparations. They show up with the spices and they encounter an empty tomb and some angelic visitors. And so after the angelic announcement, the woman punched it to the disciples' safe house. Everybody says safe house. They were hiding out. He didn't want anybody to know where they were at. But they punched it to the safe house. The women were excited to share the news. This news. Everybody say it. Jesus is risen. Say it again. Jesus is. They were excited. The ladies expected celebration. But instead, they encountered skepticism. Everybody say, what? The disciples sounded like George Carlin and Bill Maher. They called the the news nonsense. You know what the Greek word for nonsense is? Blah, 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 blah. Wow. Everybody say, wow. So the women go expecting a celebration and they got skepticism. The disciples called the news nonsense. Sure, Jesus is alive when pigs fly. Sure, Jesus is alive when hell freezes over. The doubting disciples maybe even offered explanations. You ladies probably went to the wrong tomb. Pobrecitas. And you know, it was still dark maybe. Or maybe the guards were playing a trick on you. The disciples offered all kinds of excuses, explanations. I mean, convincing the disciples was about as hard as putting socks on a rooster. I weigh. Everybody said, I weigh. But finally, Peter and John go to check it out. 
they find that the tomb was just as they were told. Empty. Say it again. What? Empty. Peter and John were puzzled and confused. They scratched their heads. They shrugged their shoulders. But then they just go home. Are you kidding me? Even Shaggy and Scooby have more initiative than these guys. They go in, they check it out, and then, oh, huh, hmm. Let's go home. Everybody said, what? Again, what? Peter and John headed home, but Mary Magdalene lingered. Say the word, lingered. They took off, but Mary Magdalene stayed there. Now, Mary Magdalene was a woman who had lived with demons. Seven demons, to be exact. And no, the demons weren't her in-laws. I, I need to throw that out there. She was possessed by evil spirits. She was, as the song says, witchy woman, Right? She was that witchy woman. She got the devil inside. Everybody say, wee. That's her. At some time in Mary's life, she had given her body over to host demonic spirits. I don't know, maybe she had a preoccupation with the occult. Maybe she had, been, had become hooked on drugs and alcohol and opened the door to the satanic. Maybe her lustful lifestyle had taken her too far. Whatever the reason, she was living with the scary reality of the devil inside. Or insidious too. Listen, those are not just Hollywood fabrications. That is the depths that sin can take a person. And that's where she was. In the course of ministry, Jesus crossed Mary's path. His message had filled her ears, and her heart longed for rescue. Jesus delivered her, freed her from the control of those demonic spirits. That's a good place to shout, a good place to applause, a good place to cheer for the Lord. Way to go, Jesus! Woo! Listen, our choices and decisions often take us to dark and evil places. But when Jesus crosses our path, He doesn't condemn us. He doesn't judge us. He doesn't reject us. In fact, here is what Jesus said. Read it with me. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Jesus is like an EMT. When we call, He rushes to help and heal our injury. And like an EMT, Jesus doesn't care if we are the criminal or the victim. He just wants to save a life. Now, a police officer wants to know, well, how did this happen? Who's at fault here? Who did this wrong? Before we go any further, I want to find out who is the wrongdoer here. But Jesus doesn't. He's like the EMT. It doesn't matter if the guy's the criminal or he's the, the victim. He wants to help and save a life. He came to heal the sick. To help 
and heal the broken. Right there is a good place to say, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Well, that was Mary. Mary was living with seven demons. Her life was a mess. But she came to Jesus and Jesus delivered her. And from that day, Mary Magdalene became a follower of Jesus. She served Him faithfully. And it's like Jesus said, those who have been forgiven much, love much. Say it out loud. Those who have been forgiven much, love much. And she did. Mary loved, she worshipped, and she served the Savior. In fact, earlier in Luke, it said that she gave of her finances. She supported Jesus' ministry. She helped wherever she could. She extended herself because she knew where she had been lifted out of the mire, out of the miry clay. She recognized how far she was and that she was an enemy. But Jesus brought her close to God. She drew near and He drew near to her and brought her even closer. Isn't that awesome, guys? She knew that. So she loved. But then Calvary happened. The crucifixion. The death and the burial. A stone was rolled over His tomb. Mary thought death had stolen her Savior. She thought the grave had swallowed her mentor. How could she continue without Him? How? Luke goes on and he mentions two men who were struggling with the same kind of despair. Walking away from Jerusalem with a bad case of the Mondays. You know what a bad case of the Mondays are, right? Everybody just go ahead and pout. Go go ahead, give your neighbor a pout. These guys were walking away from Jerusalem so depressed. I mean, they were sad enough to bring tears to a glass eye. That's That's how bad it was. Let's read it. Now behold, two of them were traveling at the same day, on the day Jesus resurrected, to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. So just understand, pause right here, the Passover has happened, Jesus is dead, they were obviously disciples, followers of Christ, but here's what happens. Jesus dies, he's crucified, he's buried. They saw the same stone rolled over his tomb. And now they're walking away from Jerusalem after Passover, disappointed. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which have happened there in these days? You know, like, where have you been? Everybody do it. But, but don't you love the way Jesus does? He just comes alongside them as they're all busted and all hurt. And he says, hey, what, what, why are you guys so sad? <laughs> and then Jesus said to them, and, you know, they said, well, don't you know what has happened? And Jesus said, what things? What, what happened? 
So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things have happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said. But him they did not see. You think there would be at least a spark of hope in these guys, right? I mean, their wood must be wet. I, you know what I'm saying? Can't light a fire with that. Has death, darkness, circumstance, pain, difficulty ever made you feel like Jesus let you down? Hmm? Like Jesus abandoned you, forgot you. That's where Mary and these two men were emotionally. They were confused and frustrated, depressed, and feeling hopeless. But the good news is, Jesus didn't leave them there. Jesus appeared to them. Pretty cool. See, Jesus' resurrection promises this. Everybody said out loud. His presence. They were despondent in despair, discouraged, depressed. But Jesus didn't leave them there. Jesus' resurrection promises his presence. Had Jesus stayed dead, we would go through crisis and storms alone, without help or hope. But he didn't stay dead. And his resurrection promises that he will not leave us nor forsake us. In fact, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says this. Read it with me. For Jesus has said, I will never, never fail you nor forsake you. That is why we can say without any doubt or fear, the Lord is my helper and I am not afraid. Because He's alive! Awesome. When Jesus resurrected from the dead, Right? He gave, I mean, he's promising his presence. And when he resurrected from the dead, he didn't sneak away from the tomb like a fugitive. Jesus wasn't hiding in the shadows. You know what he did? Jesus visited his followers. He walked with them. He talked with them. He encouraged them. Say it out loud. What did he do? He encouraged. Not only did he share his presence with them, but he encouraged them. As we cling to the simple Jesus' life changed history. When he came to earth, everything people knew shifted, and a new way of interacting with God began. Jesus shows you how to live how to love, and how to devote yourself fully to sharing the truth of God's Word. As you continue to discover the details of your incredible Savior's life, we pray you long to be more like Him. 
Seek Him in all you do and let Him change your heart to be more like His. We're so glad that you tuned in today for Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Luke. We'd like to encourage you to spend even more time studying the Word, learning about Jesus' life in this and the other Gospel books. Ask the Holy Spirit to accompany you as you read and point out the passages that He knows your heart needs to hear. We'd love to pray for you during this series as well, so please let us know how we can specifically be lifting you up to the Lord. Give us a call at 505-753-4363. That's 505-753-4363. Do you live in the Española area? If so, come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. Find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, we invite you to join us virtually through Facebook, where we live stream all of our services. Just follow the link to Facebook that you'll find at tmcalvary.com. Thanks for tuning in today, and join us again next time, right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands, and together we stand. Together